This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Lord, we come before you this evening in the wonderful name of Jesus as we track out these 21 days of committed prayer to you. Thank you for the opportunity to start every year with a prayer focus. That we learn to pray first. That prayer should be our first option, not a last resort. So we thank you for this time. I pray tonight that your people will be moved as we speak about the motive behind praying and how you would favor us when our heart is right before you in Jesus' name. And everybody that agreed said, amen. When I used to, when I used to um, minister to the Salvations directly after the church service years ago, one of the things I would encourage them to do is to read the word. But I told them, don't go to the book of Matthew first. Go to the book of Mark. Because Matthew begins with a whole bunch of begats. Almost the entire chapters, this one begat, that one, you can get bored very quickly. I mean, there are some books in the Bible that are just plain difficult to read, okay? Second Chronicles happens to beat Matthew by a yard. Second Chronicles has lists 600 people directly after each other in Second Chronicles. But one specific person gets pulled out of the lineup and gets given special mention. And the reason this man gets special mention, we'll see it in a moment why, but it's not so much about what he prays, but more specifically the circumstances surrounding the heart motive in which he prays. And because of this, because of his heart, God pulls him out and gives him a special mention among everyone else. And so since we're doing the 21 days of prayer, I thought it apt now tonight, last week Pastor Johnny did a great job delivering the teaching on tabernacle prayer. How many of you were blessed, amen? I mean, but sometimes moving through tabernacle prayer can take more than five minutes. How many of you would agree? Okay, the prayer tonight that I'm gonna be giving you is not that complicated, but it's a phenomenal prayer because it always gets God's answer in the affirmative. But it's something that you can actually pray every single day of your life. And I would encourage you to pray it every single day of your life. It hits on four major issues that I'm gonna be breaking down tonight and teaching briefly on. And then as a congregation, we're gonna pray this prayer together. So getting back to this guy that gets a special mention, one out of 600, who was he? What was his name? His name was Jabez. And out of a long genealogy, he gets pulled out of a crowd and he's remembered in the Bible for a few specific things, not least of all the prayer he prays. But turn with me please in your Bibles to 1 Chronicles chapter four. I'm gonna be reading from verse nine and 10. It says here, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. More honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. In actual fact, the Hebrew translation for Jabez is pain. Imagine for a moment having that name. Growing up in school, how are you? What's your name? Pain. Let me introduce myself. Hi, Joe, I'm pain. Can you imagine? Now, this is not something you want to do. We are word and faith people. We know that there is a self-fulfilling prophecy within a name. Now, we don't know the circumstances surrounding why his mother called him pain. His other brothers weren't called uh, anything else. So it couldn't have been because she gave, she had pain in childbirth, because otherwise everybody would have been called pain. We can only assume and speculate 
as to what happened. Maybe he was born with a disability. Maybe he was born and had, an, and had, a, and had a situation that, that always caused him pain. For whatever reason, maybe she was scarred as a result of it, and she, after childbirth, had constant pain. The bottom line is this. His name was pain. Jabez's name means pain. And I want to go somewhere with this, but I want you to think about it. Tonight, many of you people are sitting here tonight, and there is some sort or some level of pain in your life. Without mentioning the names, one of the worship team here tonight suffered a tragedy this, this past week that really shouldn't have seen them worshiping the Lord on the platform tonight, but rather being at home mourning with their wife. But yet they were here tonight. I'm talking about any degree of pain that you're currently sitting with and currently facing. Jabez's name was pain. He'd introduced himself as pain. He'd grown up as pain. Everybody knew him, knew him as pain. If you've ever been in pain or perhaps your life is marked by pain, what would your prayer look like? That's my question. If you were Jabez and you were in this situation, how would you pray? If your prayer were recorded to God and your petitions were recorded to God, how would they read? What would they be saying? We'll continue reading and get back to that in a moment. So it says this, that even though Jabez meant pain, he grew up in pain, his life was pain and disappointment. The Bible says that Jabez cried out to the God of Israel and said, oh Lord, please heal my pain. Is that what it says? I mean, you would stand to reason that if that is your situation, your prayer focus should be your pain, shouldn't it? But that's not what we find here. Look what Jabez, the Bible says, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me, number one. That you would enlarge my territory, number two. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God, that's the part I love, and God granted his request. So tonight we're gonna to take a step back, we're gonna analyze our lives, we're gonna make sure our heart motive is pure, and we're gonna to begin to focus not on our problem, but more importantly, what God has called us to. You see, Jabez understood that if he remained focused on what the Lord had done for him and chose to pray in line with that, then the Lord would take care of what he wasn't praying about, and that was his pain. Maybe the error some of us have been making in our prayer time is simply because we've become so self-centered and so focused on our own needs and our own wants that we've forgotten that there's something far greater out there. You see, often it's not our problem that's the problem. It's because we don't have anything bigger in our lives than our problem to focus on. You see, Jabez, although his name was pain, he didn't focus on his pain. He focused on what God had called him to. And this has always been the result of people who lose their vision, who lose their drive. They begin to focus on the temporary. I've said this so many times before, when the ministry was going through a catastrophic financial issue way back in the early 2000s. Everybody on the staff salaries were cut by 50% for months on end. 
We would sit in meetings and Pastor Theo would speak to us about, listen, we're gonna build this church over here on Atlas Road. All of us are sitting there, 50% less salary, and I'll be honest with you, I'm thinking, can we just get our salaries back? You wanna commit to a 300 million rand project, how about, I don't want a lot, just an extra thousand bucks would be nice, you know? I was the kind of guy that was focusing on the, on the speed bump in the road. That's one thing about Apostle Theo, he never sees the speed bump. I mean, most of the time as management team, when we sit across the table with our finger on the ministerial pole, so to speak, with the challenges that we're facing in South Africa and everything that's going on, we want to temper how we present this to Apostle Theo. And I promise you, he rips the rug out from underneath us every single time. Every single time, his faith is out there. Jabez was just a different kind. He was just a different kind of person. So often it's not our problem that's the problem, it's because we don't have anything bigger in our life than our problem to focus on. So tonight this prayer of Jabez is gonna give us something bigger to focus on. If we want a one in 600 honorable mention by the Lord, picked out of the crowd, so to speak, if you wanna be picked out of the crowd, so to speak, then let's adopt the Jabez mindset towards our pain and towards our problem. So before I even proceed, I want you right now to think of what is the issue that is tripping you up? What is the thing that you think about when you go to bed at night, last thing and the first thing when you wake up in the morning? Jabez's name was always with him. What's your issue? So what kind of prayer should I pray when I'm in pain? That's the question. So what did Jabez pray first? He said, Lord, that you would bless me. So point number one over here is pray for blessing. If you're a Bible college student, you'll be sitting now and taking a look at that point and saying, Pastor Andre, but is that really a New Testament prayer? Pray for blessing. If you take a look at 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, it says, His divine power has given us everything we need pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. So in the New Testament church today, should we be praying that God bless us? I suggest no, because we've received everything to Jesus already. But then Pastor Andre, your point number one is wrong. Pray for blessing. I did that on purpose. So you can change it in your notes. You see, for me personally, I don't ask God to bless me. I thank God that He already has blessed me in Jesus Christ, amen? Because the word blessing simply means empowered to prosper. For me to ask God to empower me would intimate that I don't believe He's given me what 2 Peter chapter one and verse three says. And this is not a sticky point, but it's very, very important. Everyone that I've heard teach on the prayer of Jabez on this issue would say, church, let us pray that God would bless us. Folks, we are blessed. You are blessed. You may not recognize it, but you are. It's like a man who's inherited a billion dollars, but just doesn't know it yet. He's a billionaire, he just doesn't know how to draw on the money, amen? So say this with me, I am blessed. Take a look what the Old Testament says in Psalm 5 verse 12. It says, surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous. How many of you are righteous here today? Can I see your hands? So therefore, even in the Psalms, it says and confirms that you are blessed, you are righteous. Look at this to go on. You surround them with your favor as a shield. 
Isn't that amazing? One of my favorite verses. The Lord's favor surrounds me as a shield. In actual fact, one of the prayers I constantly thank God for over mine and my family's life, I pray this prayer. Father, the favor that rested upon Joseph's life rests upon me and upon my family. I want you to see this, folks. I want you to see that Jabez completely is undistracted or deterred by his pain. He just wants what God has for him first and foremost. It's almost like it's not even on his mind. Surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous. The psalmist confirms where Jabez said, Lord, bless me. Genesis chapter 26, verses 12 to 13. I'm going to be giving you several scriptures tonight. Then Isaac sowed in that land. Last weekend, I did tithes and offerings on this verse, and here we find it again. And he reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. To go from prosper to prospering to prosperous would mean that the blessing of the Lord was upon his life. Can I get an amen? Now this word prosper in the Hebrew is pronounced salach. You know like when you eat popcorn and it gets stuck. That's the kind of... That's, so it's salach. And this word prosper in Hebrew more accurately translated means this, okay? When it spoke about Jacob being blessed of the Lord, when Jabez was asking the Lord to bless me, this specifically is what he was asking the Lord. The word salach means you can go so far, but God pushes you further. You can go so far, but God pushes you further. How many of you are ready for God to push you a bit further in 2024? Bump your neighbor and say, I am blessed. Look at your neighbor and go, Salah. Tell them, I go this far, God pushes me the rest of the way. It's God's will for us to prosper, not just to prosper, but to continue prospering until we eventually become very prosperous. Can someone say thank you, Jesus? In 3 John 1 and verse 2, I'm just confirming the fact that you are already blessed. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things, relationally, spiritually, materially, socially, in every aspect that you prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So prosperity, the blessing of the Lord, that is simply having more than you need. Having more than you need. Ask yourself the question today, are you in a position where you have more than you need or do you have just enough? Do you live your life with more month than money? Are you in that place where you've got more money than month? I would say that that is a prosperous financial situation to be in. So having more than I need, why? So I can make an eternal difference in the lives of others. Let me tell you folks, it doesn't take a big leap of faith to be a little bit generous. If you look carefully around you, you will see there is an opportunity, maybe 10 a day, to be able to bless someone that's not gonna cost you an arm and a leg, but completely make their day. I wrestled with this, whether I should share this with you this afternoon while I was in prayer. And at the risk of losing my reward, because I tell him, I'm, I'm gonna tell you just one of the incidences that took place recently where I blessed someone. At the risk of losing my reward, because I've told you about it, I think it's still worth the risk. 
I was coming down from Bible college. When we're talking about being blessed, right? Jabez says, Lord, bless me. How is that lived out practically? How would people look at you and say, you are a blessed person, you live a blessed life? And I came into reception, there was a lady there, she must have been in her early 80s. You could see that she wasn't well off, she was obviously on retirement already, and she had a stack of Apostle Theo's books. I got the impression that she'd been saving for months for all of these books. And I came at just the right time because she'd put her card into the machine and all the books came to a fair amount of money. All the books, I think there were six or seven books, came to a fair amount of money and something was wrong with the, with the, with the card. It wasn't working in the machine. And the Lord said to me straight away, well, just buy her books. So I said to, uh, Lorraine was there. So I said to Lorraine, I said, yeah, you take my card. She looked at me, but she just screamed and began to weep. She wasn't a member of this church. She'd been saving to get these books for a family member who was suffering. She came to the churches to get the books and she began to, she began to weep. She nearly collapsed, she nearly fainted because of a small little gesture. The point I'm trying to make over here, in Jabez's mind, he said, Lord, bless me. I wanna be prosperous so that I can make a difference with others, which is exactly why, which is exactly why at the end of this prayer, the Bible says God answered Jabez's request. If you wanna get your eyes off your situation long enough, if your pain is so severe and so dire, I can promise you now, don't take Panado, just go out there and be generous to someone you don't know who doesn't deserve it and just watch what God does for you. When we talk about the prayer of Jabez, it says here in Genesis chapter 12, verse two, I will bless you and you will be a blessing to others. So now let's pray this prayer the way Jabez would have prayed it, but in the New Testament. I want everyone to repeat this after me now that you know what you've been, what you've, now that you have been taught what this principle is all about. Say this, Lord, I want to thank you tonight for blessing me with more than I need so I can be, so that I can be a blessing to the world around me, not to spend it on my own needs, my own wants, and my own desires. Bless me, channel my giving to those around me who are in need. And I double dog dare you this week, try and find a place where you can just be a small blessing to others. My wife and I are permanently looking for opportunities to bless people. And you know, folks, well, I can't go into this for the sake of time, but, but generosity is just something and the blessing of the Lord, the Lord has blessed this church, we are debt free. We're debt free. We are helping thousands of churches around the world with resources. Give God a hand of praise because what the Lord has done here has been miraculous. Apart from the millions that are given to welfare organizations and cleaning up our communities, even more millions is given to church planting and evangelists preaching the gospel and establishing the kingdom every single year. You are part of something so big, you actually have got no idea of the impact that your membership of this church and your giving towards this ministry is doing. When you get to heaven one day, there is gonna be a string of people, four, five, six, seven, eight kilometers long, waiting to hug you and shake your hand and say thank you for giving to the Lord. My life was changed. I lived in Kenya, you didn't know my name, but everything is gonna come out in the open. Every rand you sowed, where that rand ended up, every prayer you prayed, where that prayer affected change, 
We're going to be waiting a long time. And guess what we're going to say? Jesus is going to be right here. You're going to say, thank him, thank him, thank him, thank him. Come on, give God a, give God a hand of praise. So we thank God that he has blessed us. What was the second issue that, that um, Jabez that Jabez prayed. He said, Lord, expand my territory. It makes perfect sense. If God's gonna give you more stuff, you need more place to put it, right? You can't fit five houses on one piece of property. If God's gonna give you more, you need to expand your territory. So, so Jabez asks the Lord to enlarge his territory, why? Because when you get more, you're gonna need more room to put it. So what does this look like? In a modern context, I suppose what this would include is us as a church and as individuals praying for God to increase our influence. Praying for God to increase your influence for His glory. Not so your business can do better, primarily because you wanna make an impact for His kingdom. Every single one of you here today are in ministry. Make no mistake, these two Words appeared in English and in church, but they won't be, you won't find them anywhere in the Bible. And that is parishioner or laity and church leadership. No, no, no. There's no such thing as laity. Everyone is called to be a minister of reconciliation. You are ministers here today. And so you are well within your rights, just like Jabez was, to say, Lord, expand my influence for your glory. You see, if you want to be miserable, all you have to do is live a life so small that you don't change or impact anybody. You may as well be dead. Your life will be miserable, it'll be internalized. Everything will be about you. You have gotta find something bigger. Thank God you're part of a church that thinks big. Look what it says in Ephesians chapter three and verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or even imagine according to his power that is at work within us. You know what they call the ideas people in Disney? The ones that came up with the castle and with um, that little fairy that comes down Tinkerbell and all the rides. Do you know what they call these guys? They call them Imagineers. They're not engineers, they're called Imagineers. And I bet you this is what the Lord has in mind for people like you and me as ministers of the gospel in his kingdom. He wants us just to imagine for a moment what God can do through your broken life that may even be full of pain. God wants you just to imagine for a moment because the Lord says if you can imagine it, God can improve on your imagination. If you can imagine it, and I'm asking you tonight, what is it that you've imagined for your life? When you came to Christ, when that first love consumed you, what did you imagine your Christian walk would look like? What did you imagine your family would be like? Where did you imagine your kids would go to school? Who did you imagine that your kids would one day marry? I believe in Jesus' name that the Lord again is birthing a whole bunch of Imagineers right here in this congregation. You see, that was Jabez. Jabez was an Imagineer. He says, enlarge my territory. Give me greater influence for your glory. Here's a man in pain who's called pain saying, Lord, increase me. I mean, he's a better man than I am. I promise you. I've been in times in my life where I've been in pain and everything becomes about the pain. It's like right here in front of you all the time, the pain, the struggle. Just a different kind of person Jabez was. 
One of the greatest theological lessons that I've learned in my life will be found in Acts chapter two and verse 17. This is what it says. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Now, if you didn't know what the rest of that verse said, you've read it before, you would assume, hey, people are gonna laugh in the spirit, signs, wonders, and miracles, people are gonna get slain in the spirit, there's gonna be laughing, there's gonna be freedom, there's gonna be salvations. No, 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 Acts chapter two clearly tells us what revival is going to be marked with. And notice very carefully what the following few words say. He says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your son, you'll begin to see things. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. The mark and the sign of revival, Pastor Jenny, is young and old people, husbands and wives, rich and poor, beginning to see once again. Not take a look at what's down below them, but take a look at what's in front of them. Have you got a dream? Maybe your dream as a result of the economy and where the world is has been suppressed and beaten down. Maybe you don't dream anymore. I'm telling you as we enter into these end times right now, just like Jabez, increase my influence. You've got to be saying, Lord, revive my dream. Because if he can revive Jesus who is dead, I promise you a dream is no problem to the Lord. And I want to encourage you tonight like Jabez, begin to dream again. I had a wonderful story. I wanted to tell you about that, but I'm running out of time, so I won't get there. But just needless to say, dream. And know, and listen, it doesn't always have to be with your eyes shut when you're sleeping in bed at night. You just have to begin to, you just have to begin to marinate on what God called you to do, what God wanted you to do, and what the things that God has in store for you. You see, the language, folks, of the Spirit is dreams and visions. And that's not just for senior pastors. I, don't, I won't encourage you to watch this film, but the principle I want you to take away from it is very sound. There's a film that came out with Morgan Friedman, I can't remember who the other guy was, it was called The Bucket List. If you watched it, don't raise your hands. I watched it and I won't tell you don't go watch it. And I'll tell you don't go watch it. Now don't go watch it to find out why I said don't watch it. Just don't watch it. But the principle is about these two guys. They're both terminal. One's a multimillionaire. And he says to this other old guy, listen, let's draft a bucket list of the 10 crazy things we want to do and let's go out there and do it. And ever since that time, I've kept a mental bucket list in my mind. And I'm saying to you, do you have a bucket list? What are the crazy, you see, you've got to get to, you've got to begin to write down some of the crazy things that you're trusting God for. Now, for one person, it might be to pay off their home in five years. For another person, it might be to launch their own ministry or plant their church. Or maybe for another person who's an evangelist to win a thousand souls to Christ in 2024. But you see, if you don't write it down, I can promise you now, you will forget it. And it'll die dead. It'll die in you dead. That's why Habakkuk, says, Habakkuk 2 says, make your vision plain. Write it down on tablets that they may run who see it. You've got to write it down. Everyone's got a smartphone. Smartphones have bucket lists. I've had many bucket list items in my life that I've trusted God for. Some of them have come almost instantaneously. Some of them I've waited more than two decades for. So how long is your bucket list? My bucket list has 76 things on it. 76, what does your bucket list have on it? So write things down that you want to achieve, that in all likelihood may never happen. 
Jabez was praying, enlarge, Lord, enlarge my territory. Expand my influence for your glory. Dream big dreams and trust the Lord to touch people's life around you. Now let's pray this together as a congregation because this is the second part of Jabez's prayer. Remember, the Lord answered Jabez's prayer. Tonight, the Lord is gonna answer ours. Say this with me. Say, Lord, let me see what you see for my life so that I can pursue all that you have for me. Father, I ask that you would increase my influence for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now notice Jabez's prayer. It wasn't 365 pages. It was a little over seven lines and God answered it. And we can safely assume that he lived out what God wanted him to do. So sometimes it's just a prayer between you and Jesus with faith in your heart and God answers it, amen? So don't be surprised if the Lord begins to increase your influence and bring people into your life that you would least expect. The third thing that Jabez prayed for, we're gonna be closing in the next few moments. Jabez prayed, Lord, may your hand be upon me. May your hand be upon me. Now we know the Bible says in 2 John 2 verse 20 that we have an anointing from the Holy One. We may not always feel God's hand on it, but it's not about whether we feel it or not. It's about accepting it by faith. So we have an anointing for the Holy One. Jabez had to ask God for it. We have it in Christ. So why do we need to ask for God's presence? And that's the third thing. We need to pray for presence. All of us who serve the Lord are over our heads. Every single one of us here tonight who serve Jesus are in over our heads. The world God has called us into is way too big for any of us. What is this 29-year-old aircraft panel beater like me? Know about developing, planting, and establishing an internationally accredited Bible college. Because that's all I was. I was an aircraft panel beater. At 29 years old, God called me to serve Apostle Theo, to serve him by serving Apostle Theo, and today all these colleges have been started. If you had told me what God had planned for me when I was 29, I would have fled for the hills. I would have run as in terror. Every single one of us have been called into a life that's far bigger than we can handle. We need the anointing. The anointing of God and His hand upon our life produces effortless success. When you wake up in the morning, do you acknowledge, Lord, your hand is upon me. Today's gonna be a great day. Because if your hand is upon me, you're never far from me. Thank you for your hand upon my life. Thank you for your presence. This is what Jabez prayed. He said, Lord, I want your presence. Let your hand be upon me. In Acts chapter 11, verse 21, the Bible tells us the Lord's hand was with them. And a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. It's a sign of God's hand on you by leading people to Jesus. That's what happened there. Because whenever the hand of the Lord is there, people get saved and lives get changed. Jabez was essentially saying, Lord, I wanna impact people's lives, but I need your hand on me to do it. How many of you want the hand of the Lord on you tonight, amen? In a greater way in 2024. You see, the anointing is living my life with God's power 
so I can live a supernatural life. Moses in Exodus chapter 33 verse 15 said, if your presence doesn't go with us, please don't send us up from here. Moses says, I'm not going anywhere, Lord, without your hand upon my life. Now, this is a key scripture that I want you to memorize and that you will use as one of your foundational scriptures and a reminder for 2024. It is an incredible verse, especially in the NIV translation. Take a look at what it says, because, because Jabez understood this. He knew that the world that he was called into was bigger than himself. He couldn't do it alone. So, he's, so in 2 Corinthians, Paul words it this way. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Bump your neighbor and say, my competency is in Christ. Say, and because Christ has made me competent, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Tell your neighbor, nothing takes me by surprise. Now let's praise the Lord together. Before we get on to the last point, before we get on to the last point, let's pray this prayer together. Say this, Lord, thank you that your hand is upon me because what you've called me to is too big for me. I need you. I need your presence. I need your grace. And I need your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. And the final thing that Jabez prays for, listen, when everything, when all this starts happening and the Lord blesses you and enlarges your, increases your influence, he blesses you and he increases your influence and the hand of the Lord is upon you. Guess what? There's an enemy that'll come in to attack you. And Jabez had the wherewithal to say, listen, I need God's protection. As I step into the river, after I've asked God for all these things, my life is about to change, but I acknowledge and am aware that there is one out there that seeks to steal, kill and destroy and so he asks God, please, Lord, protect me. Now, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9, this is what the Bible says. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. You see, folks, prayer, in this 21 days of prayer, what we've realized is that prayer is not just communion with God. It is also resisting Satan with the authority that God has given us. Resisting the enemy who wants to steal, kill and destroy is as much, is as just as important as communion with the Lord. We have to exercise our authority. James said, submit unto God, resist the devil and he shall flee from you. I know too many believers have become way too placid and indifferent in their prayer life. They pray, Lord, bless me. They say, Lord, do this for me. Come, But they never take the Now, thank God for Apostle Theo because he loves to bind the devil. We've learned what it means to take our authority and exercise it over the wicked one. Amen? We take authority over that. So prayer is not just communion with God. It's, it, it, prayer is spiritual warfare. And Jabez understood this. You see, confronting the enemy with the authority of God's name and the truth of the word and the power of the cross 
is absolutely essential to live a victorious life. You've asked God for influence today. Let me tell you, someone's gonna try and destroy your reputation. Just as God is trying to expand your influence, the enemy's gonna come in and his attack is going to be to try and destroy your reputation. Because someone with a bad reputation cannot have good influence. For every single one of these things. Luke chapter 10, verse 19, I've given you authority to trample upon snakes and scorpions. So here you have these four things that Jabez prayed for, that the Lord would bless him, that the Lord would increase his influence, that the Lord would protect him. And the third one was that the Lord would have his hand upon him. So let us pray this prayer together for the last time tonight on the fourth point as we conclude on this prayer of Jabez. Say this with me, say, Lord, I ask in Jesus' name, that you would strengthen me in and rescue me from every attack of the enemy. Tonight, I exercise my authority and I say to the devil, hands off my family, my walk with God, my finances. In the name of Jesus, I bind you and whatever is bound on earth is bound in heaven. I declare that I'm prospering, that God's hand is upon my life and nothing you do will ever distract me to the point where I focus on my pain as opposed to the God I serve. Lord, tonight I recommit my life. Thank you for this time of prayer. Thank you for answering my prayer. I declare that I am blessed, that your hand is upon me, that I'm protected and that you increase my influence in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Let's praise the Lord together. Let's praise the Lord together. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you are here tonight and you've never made Jesus your personal Lord and Savior, you've heard the word tonight and you're excited, but you're not a child of God. You see, all the promises in the Word of God are for His covenant children. The Lord doesn't promise anything to anybody that does not know Him except that His wrath abides on them. All the promises in the Word of God, over 7,000 of them, are given to children of God, not children of the world. And so if you are here tonight and you've never committed your life to Jesus, you're not a child of God. In fact, if the Lord came right now and took us you know you wouldn't go. Your heart isn't right with Him. I wanna give you an opportunity. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna ask you to come to the front and I'm not gonna go to where you are. I just simply wanna pray a prayer with you because that is how you get saved. You get born again through a prayer. Romans 10 verses nine and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So I'm asking you tonight, if you're ready to lay your life down and serve Jesus and accept Him as your Lord, I wanna pray with you. At the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three, right now. Raise your hand high in the air. Say, Pastor Andre, please won't you pray with me? I wanna, I wanna surrender my heart to Jesus. I see hands going up. God bless you, God bless you. Don't put it up, and, don't put it up quickly. And keep it up in the air. 
Keep it up in the end, indicating to me and to the Lord that you are making a commitment for Jesus tonight. Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask, please, if the pastors and the group leaders wouldn't mind just going and placing their hand on the shoulders of the people who've raised their hands. We're going to pray a prayer together. I'm going to ask everybody, please, to pray this prayer after me, especially those of you that raised your hands. People are getting saved tonight. They're getting born again into the family of God. They're getting baptized into the church, the Bible says. So let's pray with them, especially those of you who have your hand raised. Say this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you tonight in the name of Jesus. I come as a sinner, someone lost. I believe, Lord Jesus, that you died for me. And after three days, you rose again. You paid the price for my sin so I can be forgiven without having to pay for it myself. You paid for it. And for that, I worship you. I ask you to be my Lord, to be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Fulmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.